Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on this episode of Nine to Thrive HR. My name is Jenna Filipkowski, and I'm the head of research here at HCI. I'm joined here today by the internationally known thought leader, author, professor, Dr. John Sullivan. Welcome, John. Thank you. Glad to be here. So you're a presenter at our upcoming Workforce Planning and People Analytics Conference, and your keynote is entitled, it's a great title, Should You Hire an Employee, a Robot, or an Algorithm? Welcome to Human and Robot Resources. What do you mean by that? Can you explain more about what your title means? Sure. Well, it covers what is probably going to be the biggest impact shift in HR in the last 50 years, and that is that we all know from you know, watching TV, reading the news, that we've been inundated with robots and drones and all sorts of technology. And so HR has a history of, because our title says human resources, of defending humans. But now that as much as half of the work will be done by robots or computers, we can just not be a player or we can say, well, we need to be part of that decision. When should we use humans? When should we use robots? When should we transition from humans to robots? What are the advantages of using humans? And of course, what are the advantages of using robots? And we can see in banking, you know, every bank had dozens of tellers, but now you can bank online or with an ATM. So that shift has been coming, but because of artificial intelligence and several other factors in technology, so many jobs can now be done. Some people are even predicting half of all jobs can be done by robots. There are hardware and software solutions um, that are better than humans. So it turns out humans, you know, even though we defend humans, but they want overtime, they join unions, they go on strike, they, they can't work during dangerous conditions. And so uh, the premise is, well, you can have a drone do that. And in the military, we had pilots, but now we have drones without pilots. So robots have an advantage over people in that they have an ROI, they're, they're reliable, they make less errors, they can sometimes do things better than humans. So we're not currently involved in these hardware decisions, and that's a mistake. So the way we need to be moving forward is humans and robots. We need to know both of those and help set up selection criteria uh, so that an accurate choice is made. And, and last, if, if you follow the politics of the world these days, you know, the battle is you know, made in America. But the next battle is probably going to be made by robots or made by humans. And so, you know, should things or will people have a preference toward products and services built by humans? Uh, so that that's the purpose of that title, to prepare people for that shift, which is inevitable. And it's a, a mind shift set in thinking about workforce planning to and like you mentioned this in your webstract, who will do the work to how will the work get done? So I think that's really important. And then we think about HR executives, what should they know about cognitive technologies, robotics, and the gig economy in order for them to make that mind shift? Well, the term workforce planning, I know that's the title of your conference, but you know it's going to be work planning and workforce and first people, but we have to plan for work. So Think of it like a mobile phone. It works really well, but hey, it gets obsolete literally after six months. You have to continually update it. Well, work is going to be the same way. Well, maybe people are the best at doing this kind of work, but eventually there'll be a, a software or hardware solution. So the biggest thing that we need to to know about robotics and 
moving forward is the resistance of people. So we know that this has already happened in Europe, is that it turns out automation, traditionally we replace jobs, the people go to another company and get the same job. But when there are no truck drivers in any company anywhere because robots drive trucks or take out, you know, used to be you had a cashier, but now you'll have a cell phone which will do the calculation or self-service checkout. Those jobs not only going to go away, but they're going to go away to every company. So at McDonald's in Australia, they've gotten rid of their cashiers and now you order things uh, by touchscreen. So we need to realize that there's going to be human resistance and that's the, the key lesson. Whether we act or not on robotics, employees, once they realize oh, my job might go away permanently, I might not be able to work, it raises a level of anxiety that has really not been seen before. And with 50% of the jobs going away, what do you do when you have this level of resistance? So HR has to prepare this ramp up, has to work out processes for you know, reducing the workload without angering all the employees. So you'll get stronger unions, you'll get strikes, you'll get sabotage. Uh, in Europe, they have you know, people sabotaging robots. So the, the key thing we need to learn about planning is it's not just the robots, it's how do people adapt? Uh, are they going to be happy about it? And the answer is no. And how do you transition? so that they leave happy and uh, you know they might not be getting another job in this area and and normally you would retrain them but it turns out you can't really retrain cashiers to become technologists so the jobs at corporations will shift to higher level maintaining developing implementing robots which require a totally different skill set totally different recruiting approach than you know cashier jobs so we're going to have to make a huge shift and the key issue is the resistance. How are we going to handle this resistance? And you're confident that HR as a function and as a profession can help people with that resistance? You don't think when we get the humans out of work, we also get the HR out of our organizations? I don't see any evidence that we're any good at it. So unions have gone down. So we, we haven't had to fight unions in most corporations. Uh, you know, the slow movement of robotics has not caused this huge resistance. But like I said earlier, in, in Europe, they've had a huge battle. And their costs went up because for every robot, there has to be a human. Even though that human does nothing, your costs go up tremendously. And sabotage and slowing it down. So you want to be able to implement technology quickly. So no, I wouldn't say we're prepared. And certainly, HR is not good at technology, not good at data. And so the, the people in HR will have to change. And certainly jobs like our call centers, comp benefits, all those things will be done by chatbots or, or software. So we might be you know, cut by at least half, and the people in HR will be much more data-driven and much more technology knowledgeable. I agree with you. And, and what can we do today to prepare for that as HR professionals? We, we need to look to places like Europe where this has gone on, where unions are much stronger, resistance is much greater, uh, and, and say, well, what can we learn? And so what are the factors that cause people to resist? We've seen this in where we moved work offshore. There's a lot of resistance. People, well, I don't want to train my replacement in India or Bangladesh or whatever. So we have some evidence, but the, the level of anxiety, the level of, of concern about job security is going to be so high. So we also have to work with government. So Elon Musk, uh, who uses a lot of robots, says that 
you know, half the, the population will have to get government subsidies because they won't be able to find a job. So it's not just a HR problem, it's a, it's a societal problem. What happens if your job goes away permanently? What if the high school diploma guarantees you'll never work? So uh, I'm, I'm a little nervous, which is one of the reasons why I highlighted this topic, is it's going to take us a while to develop those competencies, and hopefully we won't do trial and error learning. We'll, we'll, we'll learn from the best and say, okay, how do we do this? Still keeping workers working hard because if they think their job's going to go away, they're just going to sabotage, slow down, uh, you know, form a, a very strong union. So we need to get them as partners. That's very true, and it's very important to call attention to this this topic. And as we wrap up, and as we welcome the year 2017, what other HR and talent management trends should we have on our radar? Well, certainly we're going to become more business-like because with digital things, people know what's going on. So the first is data-driven. We're going to have to start making decisions based on data, and we just haven't done that. And so, you know, who should we hire? Who's the best person to hire? Uh, do bad performers ever get better? So data-driven. We have to quantify our impact. So if you want to get more than a seat at the table, you have to put a dollar impact. So you say, well, we can hire John Sullivan, and he's cheap. But LeBron is much better, and even though we pay more, it's a better ROI. So quantifying in dollars, increasing productivity. The one thing we're not doing now is increasing workforce productivity. So that will be the comparison. You know, is John better than a robot? So they're going to compare the cost to the error rate, to the speed, to the uh, innovation and productivity. And right now, we don't calculate that productivity. We don't put a dollar value on it. So... The future of HR is actually going to be uh, an internal consulting uh, arm, much like a McKinsey, where we'll do more strategic things, we'll be experts, we'll use data, and we'll go in and say, let's increase productivity, let's increase innovation, and let's do it by, some cases, using robots, some cases, people, sometimes you want top performers, sometimes you want average. Uh, So those kind of things are going to happen. Uh, physically, where work is done with, with a new president, uh, that'll be a, a major decision. It won't be just economics, it'll be some politics. And lastly, the, the trend is you know, long-term employment, because of robotics, but also because of gig economy and other things, it might be that we don't want to keep employees forever, that employees literally have an obsolete date, like, a, like a, a, something you buy at the supermarket, used by date. So we'll say, hey, you were great at putting motors in, in cars. But now their cars are electric and there are no motors. So can you retrain those people? The answer might be no. So the first time ever, we might literally put a date and say, you're going to be valuable for a year, but probably you're going to be obsolete after a year and a half, and you probably can't be retrained, so you'll have to be replaced. Well, thank you so much for a great conversation, John. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to the keynote. Yep, and we're going to continue this conversation at HCI's 2017 Workforce Planning and People Analytics Conference in Miami. I'd like to thank all our listeners and encourage you to subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed what you heard. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Smart Radio, and the YouTube channel, HCI Talent. Lastly, one more big thank you to Dr. John Sullivan for enlightening our listeners. If you're interested in learning more about what we discussed in today's episode, you can find more resources at hci.org. For 9 to Thrive HR and all of us at HCI, thank you for listening.